It is good to see you this morning. If we don't know each other, my name is Brian. I'm the pastor here at Mount Hope in Belmont. Thanks for braving the ice and the snowbanks and the parking situation and the cold to be in worship together. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be here together. And thanks for joining us online, those of you who are, who are there. I'll tell you what, I, you know what I love? I love, and I don't know if you do too, I love a good backstory. A good backstory gives present realities a lot of meaning. A good backstory gives present reality meaning. For example, every, every superhero has an origin story. It's not just about who they are as Superman or Batwoman or whatever the character is. It's about how they got there. It's about how they got there. So every character has an origin story. And one of my favorite things as a, as a pastor is meeting you and hearing your story, how God brought you into this place. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we had, we had start lunch. And at start lunch, we had four people together and Justin and Alin were there with us and we were sitting around the table and we started telling stories and hearing the backstories of the four people that God had brought to be a part of our community. And it was amazing just to hear the stories of where people had come from. Just within those four people, we had someone who God had brought all the way from Nigeria. We had two people that had come from Tanzania and we had one person that came from Illinois and it was great to have all of those people around the table. But do you know what was great about the person that came from Illinois? Is he, was, he had just come from the exact town where I was born in the suburbs of Chicago. And somehow when we start to tell these stories, all of a sudden we begin to have connections as we hear what God has been doing and where he's been bringing us. On Tuesday morning... We had a funeral service in this, in this room for Alita Leone. God called her home. And I knew Alita a little bit from the few years that she attended our church. She used to sit right back there in the, in the middle, in the back, and she'd bring her son David with her. And, and as I got to hear, um, as I prepared for the funeral service, I sat down with Alita. She has five siblings. And we sat down in the fellowship hall a couple of weeks ago, and the siblings started to tell stories about Alita. And I only knew her a little bit from her time here at the church. And because she was battling cancer, once COVID hit, we didn't see her much on Sunday mornings. But sitting and hearing those stories brought so much meaning to the service here we had on Tuesday celebrating her life. Especially as her older sister uh, told me the story about the conversation that they had where Alita began her relationship with Jesus Christ. Hearing all of those stories of someone's life, the backstory, it brings so much meaning to the present reality. I think that's probably why things like 23andMe are so popular. We want to know where we come from. We want to know what our backstory is, and somehow it provides meaning to our present reality. You know, the same thing I think is true when it comes to our faith. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a person of faith. You're a person of faith. I'm a person of faith. And there's, there is a backstory to our faith that is the same. And one of the things I love is, like I, just saw, like I just mentioned in our start lunch, we come from all over the world into this room. And we have all sorts of different backstories. But when it comes to our faith, the Bible makes it clear that our backstory is the same. In fact, over and over again in the New Testament, 
That's the second half of your Bible. Over and over again in the New Testament, the writers make it clear. The Apostle Paul says this to the church in Rome and to the church in Galatia. James says this in his letter. The writer of Hebrews says this over and over again. We are told that the backstory of our faith begins with one man who lived thousands of years before Jesus came to this earth. In fact, Paul calls him in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, the man of faith. And the writer of one of the writers of the Gospels, Matthew, when he starts to write his account of who Jesus is, he starts by tracking Jesus's lineage and he tracks Jesus's lineage back to this man. And this is the first verse of Matthew. Matthew chapter one, verse one says this, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. If you want to know the backstory of faith, the backstory of faith has to include the person of Abraham. Over and over again, we are told in the New Testament that you really want to understand what faith looks like. You want to understand what faith in God uh, is, appears when you act it out in your life. You need to go back and look at the person of Abraham. So over the next few weeks, we're starting a new series, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We are going to look between now and when we get to Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, we are going to talk through the life of Abraham. We're going to look at what it looked like for Abraham to live out faith. And if you want to know what it looks like for you to live out faith in God in your life, we're going to see that together in Abraham's life. And we're going to start this morning, as Justin mentioned, right in Genesis chapter 12. And this is the moment where God meets Abraham for the first time. In fact, you may notice, you may notice that Abraham's name is not Abraham yet. We will get there as we go through the story. But right now it is Abram in this story. This is Abram's first encounter with God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, this is what happens. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So picture this with me. Abram is, is about 75 years old. He's lived his entire life in the land of his father. His father took the family and settled in a, in a country called Haran, settled in a place called Haran. They lived there. And that's what he knew his entire life. And all of a sudden at 75, God shows up. A God that Abram never served before. A God that Abram didn't know. But the God shows up in Abram's life and says, Abram, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. And I don't just want you to go. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your family. And I want you to leave your father's house. 
I want you to pick up everything that you've known and everything that you've had for seven and a half decades, and I want you to go, and where do I want you to go? I want you just to go to the land I'll show you. That's what I want you to do. And when you get there, Abram, here's my promise to you. I'm going to make your name great. And I'm going to make you a great nation. And in fact, all people on earth are going to be blessed through you. That had to be so uneasy for Abram. Ancient texts don't really get into the details of emotion and thought the way we might like them to in the present day. But just picture with me what must be going through Abram's mind. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, he hears the voice of a God that he's never served before. And that God is telling him to take and take everything that he knows, everything that he's used to, and to pick up and to move on. Where? Basically, God says, I'll tell you when you get there. Just go. And I'll let you know when to stop. I don't know about you, but I'd need a little bit more than that. Right? You've been approached by a salesperson. The salesperson says, just trust me. Just give me your money. And I promise you, once you give me your money, I'll give you something that will make your life better. And there's something inside of us that says, I think, I think you might be lying to me. And there had to be something inside of Abram when God comes and says, Abram, just follow me and I'll tell you when to stop. And I promise you, once you get there, your life will be better. Or he had to say, well, my life is good here. What are you talking about? Here's one thing that's true about being a person of faith. And we see it in Abram's life. And I bet you see it in your life. If you followed God for five minutes, I bet you've experienced this. Is that when you live by faith, God will call you to leave what is familiar and go to places that are unfamiliar. When you're a person of faith, I promise you that God is going to call you to leave things that are familiar and go to places that are unfamiliar. That is a fact. It's going to happen. And in Abram's life, that's exactly what God does right off the bat. I want you to leave everything. And it's not like Abram is looking back at his family and everyone he's leaving, his, his extended family, God tells him to leave and says, hey, I bought us all Alexas and so we can, we can video chat each other whenever we want. This is gone, gone. Never see these people again. And there's something with our faith where this is what God does for, to us. In fact, it's one of the reasons so many of us struggle to follow God and what he calls us to do in our lives because to do so means we have to leave the things that we know and go to places where we're not comfortable and we're unfamiliar with things. And the big question is when God comes to us, when God comes to you and says, I want you to follow me. And if you do, things will be better. I will bless you. Will we trust him? Will you trust him? Because you have a choice. This isn't like when my kids were infants 
when my kids were infants, all the time I would say to them, hey, we're going to go somewhere and I'll tell you when we get there. And you have no choice in this matter. They were strapped into a five-point harness. I could carry them in a little bucket like this. And I would bring it in the car. That would clip into something else. And they really had no choice of anything. Whether they were coming or whether they were going, they just went wherever we took them. But then they start to get a little bit older. And now, I'll tell you, they have an opinion about everywhere we're going and whether or not we're there yet and when we're going to get there. But they still don't have necessarily much of a choice, although I can feel it shifting in the house, which I'm not too excited about, but it's coming. And so, right, but right now, like if we're going, we're going and they can voice their opinion and trust me, they do, but we're taking them where they're supposed to go. There will come a day where I will say to them, they'll be of an age Maybe they live in the house, maybe they don't, where I will say to them, hey, we're going someplace. I would love it if you would come with us. I think it'll be great if we all go together. And they'll have a choice. Will they trust me in that moment? No, we're skipping it. We're skipping dinner tonight. No, we're not going tonight. And that's where Abram is with God. And that's where you and I are with God. God comes to us and says, hey, I want you to leave what you know and I want you to follow me. It's going to be better. And we have a choice in that moment. And the question is, will we trust? Abram's entire legacy as a man of faith is determined in the first three words of verse four. So Abram went. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him. And Lot, that's his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered. And the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came To the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So Abram went. Those three words are so key. If you want to be a person of faith, If you want to be a person that trusts God with your life, faith always trusts God. That the unfamiliar place that God is calling you to is better than the place where you are settled. Faith trusts God that the unfamiliar place he is calling you to is better than the place that you have settled. You and I get so comfortable, don't we? So comfortable in what we're doing. So comfortable in what we have. And I can picture Abram in the land where his father, if you back up just a few verses and read the end of chapter 11 of Genesis, you'll hear the story of Abram's father taking all of his possessions and all of his family and finding this new land to settle in in Haran. And this was everything that Abram knew. And he had this choice. When God's voice came, whether or not he would believe God, 
that if he followed him into the place that God would tell him to go, that he would be blessed or whether he would do his own thing and stay where he was settled. I can't help but wonder in my own life how many times I've settled for where I was settled rather than trusting God for what he had. It's so easy to settle where we're settled. So comfortable to be where we are. So, so, fam- so comforting to be with what is familiar in our lives. And yet I bet right now in the room, And I would include you, even if you don't call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ and you're here, right now in the room, God is calling. It might be the God that you've never served before in your life, just like Abram. And yet he's speaking to you. And asking you, if you're willing to leave where you're settled, to go to the unfamiliar place he'll show you, and promising you that once you're there, you will be blessed. And Abram's entire legacy as a man of faith is is started and defined by these three words, so Abram went. And my question for you this morning is what will those words say in your life? So Brian went, that's what I'd love for it to say in my life. I feel that many times my words say, so Brian stayed. It's a hard thing to follow God's voice when he calls. And this is what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. In the book of Hebrews, there's Hebrews chapter 11, where it's really, some people call it the hall of faith. That chapter where we, we read about the great people of faith that believed what God said and did what God said throughout the generations. And at the very beginning of that chapter, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, some of you may have this verse memorized. The writer says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then in verse eight, he describes Abraham as a great man of faith. But why? Because the author says this, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. The writer of Hebrews brings up something different there. Not only did he leave people he knew, he also left money on the table. That was his land, his inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Abram had so many things against him. This land of Haran that was familiar to him. Part of the reason that his father likely settled there was because there was a a great ancient temple to the moon god there. And so it became a place where many people settled. And so they worshiped a different god than the god of the Bible. He'd lived 75 years. And yet he went. You 
You know, there's only a handful of times in my life where I feel like I can point to and say, I heard God's voice and I went and I'm so glad that I did. If you've been around for a while, you maybe have heard some of these stories before. So I'll just touch on them briefly. Summer after my senior year of college, I was asked to work in a church in Michigan. It's a church of about 3,000 people. I was the high school youth pastor. About 150 high schoolers in our youth group. And we had this amazing summer. We started a college ministry that grew from no one showed up the first week. I remember that very clearly. But by the end of the summer, we had about 60 people coming to our weekly Bible study, college students. Big church, big staff. And at the end of the summer, they came to me and they said, we'd like you to stay here longer. And so they offered me a job with a salary. And they said, and we'll pay for your seminary. Now, it was either stay in Michigan, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, make money and have my seminary completely paid for, or it was come to Gordon-Conwell in Southampton, Massachusetts, where I knew nobody and take out student loans. And God said, go. He said, go. And I'm so glad I did. After seminary, I, was, I got a full-time job in sales for a, a big company. And that was a whole God thing in and of itself. I don't know, I had a Bible degree and a seminary degree, and somehow I got this job in this company. And Pastor Crosby, who was the senior pastor of Mount Hope, moved on to Florida at the time. And Pastor Rick, who's our senior pastor, actually for 15 years this month, uh, our senior pastor at Mount Hope, uh, he took over and he came to me and he said, hey, would you be willing to leave your nice cushy sales job and come work at the church full time? And God said, go. And I'm so glad that I did. And then we were in Burlington on staff for 12 years. And someone called and said, hey, there's a church building in Belmont. It needs some work. It needs some renovation. But would you consider planting a church there? And we walked in here. And you think it's chilly in here now on days like this? You should have been there then. And we ripped out everything in this building for two years. We worked on it. I didn't know if anyone was ever going to come to church here. But God said, go. And I'm so glad I did. This is some of you in the room right now. You're in middle school. You're in high school. You're in college. And God's speaking to you. And he's telling you to trust your life to him. And no one you know around you is doing it. They're far more interested in their TikTok views or whatever it is that they're doing than they are in entrusting their life to Jesus Christ and doing what God says. And in fact, you look at it and you look at this book and you, ba you look at it and there's part of you that says, listen, if I do it God's way, I'm going to miss out on this and I'm going to miss out on that. And basically I'm going to miss out on all the fun that my friends are having. And I'm going to have to give up all of these things and everything that I have that is comfortable. And I'm going to have to do things differently with my life. And maybe it means I choose a different career than the one that I thought I was going to choose. Maybe it means I go to a different college than the one that I thought I was 
was going to call, go to, but I don't know if I can take my life with so much ahead and put it into God's hands. God's calling you this morning. And listen, I wish that God would shine a spotlight down the path of our lives and say, I promise you, if you follow me in 70 years, you'll end up here. But all God does is he lights our path one step at a time and says, will you trust me enough to take the next step? And so you young people in the room, God's asking you today, will you trust me? I'll bless you if you do it, but will you trust me? For those of us that are, that are in the middle portion of life, you're evaluating. You're evaluating things. And, and some of you, we've gotten to this point and you look back at the first few decades of your life and you say to yourself, wow, I did, I did more than I ever thought I could. I've gotten more accomplished than I thought I would accomplish. I did more than I thought I could do. But you've gotten to this point in your life and you're looking back and you're saying to yourself, huh, I thought if I got to director level in my company, I'd be happier than I am right now. I thought if I had my 401k fully funded by the time I was 45, I would have felt better. I thought if I succeeded in these areas that life would have been more fulfilling. And others of you are looking back at the first few decades of your life with a little bit of panic. And you're saying, oh, why did I make those choices? I haven't accomplished anything that I wanted to accomplish up to this point. I had all these dreams and these goals and these visions. And I had this little journal that I kept when I was 17. And, and none of these things have happened in my life. And you're evaluating. God is speaking to you today. And calling you to follow him with the years that you have left on this life. And telling you, I'll do more with the next few decades of your life than you ever could do on your own. And this morning the question is, will you trust him? Some of you are at the point in the room where you're saying to yourself, listen, I've lived my life. I've lived the years. And I don't think there's much that God has left for me to do. So I'm just going to kind of stay the course, stay in my lane. God's speaking to you today. Let me tell you the greatest encouragement that I see throughout the life of the church, the prayer warriors in the church, the people that are sending the cards, the people that are, that are truly uplifting and upholding the people in the church are the people who have lived their life and have the time to invest and to do that. And it is such an encouragement to the life of the church when the seniors in the church take on a leadership role in that way. Abram was 75 and God said, uproot everything. We got stuff to do, Abram. And you may be saying, well, I've kind of done my piece. It's time for the younger people to step up and do their piece. It is time for the younger people to step up and do their piece. 
But God has something for you. And some of you are sitting here this morning and you're saying, listen, pastor, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't get any voices from God. I don't get any promises of blessing from God. I've never had one of these experiences where God comes to me and says, go. And if you trust me, I'll, I'll bless you. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you all of these things that never happens to me. I'm telling you right now in the room, even if you've never followed Jesus Christ a day in your life, that that is exactly what God is doing for you because he does it through his son, Jesus Christ. And he comes to you through his son who, as we celebrated in communion, died and rose again, that we might have relationship with God. And he comes to you and he says to you and to me and to every single person in this room and every single person who's watching online, God comes to you and says, listen, I want you to follow me. I want you to put your trust in my son. I want you to receive salvation and relationships that comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you do, when you do, you begin a journey with me and I'll take you where I want you to go. And when you get there, I will bless you. And so for some of us this morning, it's not about starting a new ministry. For some of us this morning, it's, it's not about making a move across a country or a move across the world. For some of you this morning, this is about beginning relationship with Jesus Christ. You're right where Abram was in this story. That today would be the first day that you hear God's voice and go. What's God saying to you this morning? I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we prepare to close. What's God saying to you this morning? Where is he calling you to go and to trust him? In every aspect of our lives, in the way that we handle relationships, in the way that we handle material wealth, and the way that we handle our time, God calls us to handle it his way. And every single time it's a little scary because it's so unfamiliar. It's so different than the way that we would do it on our own. Will you trust God today? Where's he calling you? For some of you, God is asking you to do what is seemingly small this morning, but will have a dramatic impact on your relationship with him. And there's some people in the room this morning, God's calling you to do something big. How will you define this moment? Will you be a person of faith and trust God? That his unfamiliar place is better than where you're settled. One thing that we learn from Abram as we look at the start of his story and as we start to think about what faith looks like is that faith goes before it knows. Faith trusts God and goes before it knows exactly how it's all going to play out. And God's calling you this morning. To trust him. 
to go. And know that he'll lead you and guide you. So Father, we come before you today thanking you for the example of Abram and his willingness to go when you called him from what was familiar to what was unfamiliar. And God, I know in my life you've proven yourself faithful over and over again that if I'll listen to your voice and trust you, that you'll take me to better places than I could get myself. And it's so often, I find it so hard to believe you. So God, I pray that you'll increase my faith. And I pray for those who are hearing your voice right now today. I pray for the person that is hearing your voice for the very first time. Ask that you would do a new work in their heart and in their soul and in their mind. We trust you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.